Welcome back to the district. Uh, we enjoyed our time with with Chris Vaccaro uh, so much last week that we had to we had to run it back, fellas. And we have a special guest in the in the house. We have uh, Andrew Schellenberg in the house making an appearance. Dan, this is this is lit. There we go. He's got the Jags swags right there. Lot to talk about, fellas. Let's get after it. District, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash offers the best. You try to make it complex. Then they text you back. Now, all of a sudden, they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Bait them. Fish. So last week was kind of a, a simpler time where we uh, we were very optimistic about everything. Um, you know, we made a couple of couple of good calls were made, and a couple of calls we wish we could pivot. But that's that's fantasy playoff football, isn't that right, Dan? Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, um, you know, this wasn't an especially difficult um, first round to get exactly right. But the thing is, I mean, you know, even 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 in those cases, still not many people actually get all six games right. No, for sure. And Chris, like mm -hmm. the DK Metcalf, how he kind of people were people were going. I know when we had Daigle on, we went we went Tyler Lockett. Um, you know, it's it just seemed like DK was a guy that people should have been more bullish on. It's easy to have like hindsight's twenty twenty, but uh, DK's performance was unbelievable, wasn't it? Yeah, he uh, sure was. Thirty seven fantasy points in F NFFC scoring, and uh, most of the teams at the top of the leaderboards. Uh, had him in the lineup, you know, and if we went with the strategy we talked about on last week's show about trying to get in a receiver on a team that uh, we thought would lose, whether it was Seattle or Miami, and take those points on one of those wide receivers and then, uh, you know, oust them so we can start clearing up our uh, wide receiver spots, that that was the way to go. And Metcalf was uh, the way to go. That was the winning ticket, um, you know, through week one right there. Yeah, and when we talked with with John Daigle of Four for Four, um, you know, our our thoughts were with with Tyler Lockett in the FFPC contest. Um, mm -hmm. but it, what, let's talk about that real quick. I mean, I think you know, okay, being on Lockett, I don't think was necessarily um, a bad call. Yeah. What I think was kind of the the worst part of the call, again, hindsight being twenty twenty, but Lockett was like the chalk of Seattle. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to go Seattle, then Lockett was kind of that shot. But the thought the thought we should have been using there is DK Metcalf is a bona fide stud player, and he can go off against any defense. Doesn't matter who it is. Doesn't matter that he just went two games against San Francisco and didn't really do that much. He's got that capability. So if you're trying to get really contrarian, you know that was probably the pick, and that and that would be the reasoning why. What do you yeah, guys think? I, I don't know why. As the as the it just seemed like in the industry as the week went on, everybody was uh, all in on Lockett and fading DK for that game in that matchup. Uh, you know, I, looking back at it now, I don't see any reason why it shouldn't have been a 50-50 split. And, and um, you know, Metcalf was five percent owned in, in the NFFC contest, so you know the majority of the players in this contest felt the same way. You know, uh, about fading Metcalf. Um, you know, it works out that way sometimes, guys. You know, we, we got to make some choices here. And, uh, you know, looking back, uh, I'm sure we all regret not having Metcalf in, in there. I think, you know, Metcalf's one that I think if we do this again in a year, that's like one we need to kind of remind ourselves. Like, you know, it's it's not it's not hard. 
there's mm -hmm. like a proper a proper alpha that people are not on just yeah. dive into it um so it's kind of a kind of a lesson learned i think we were pretty sharp uh, on on a lot of things last week though in, in terms of, of how we we looked at the game flow we, we talked up james cook he scored we talked up Diggs. you know being a he was a, he was a pretty easy chalk um there was one game though where, where one of us was off um and it had to be it was the los angeles chargers uh <laughs> we had andrew head to head uh andrew was at the game uh how, how did that go for you andrew god uh, I deleted any text messages to the contrary, but I was all about the Jags from start to finish. Uh, <laughs> no, it was, it was uh, dude, it was, it was epic. Um, you know, Dan and I've got some Trevor Lawrence stuff to work out in therapy <laughs> next week, but you know, what really did it for me was the punt off the helmet uh, for the chargers. And you know what I look, I, I'll just say like, I think that for all the cool Peterson stuff and the going forward and the two-point conversions and the Trevor playing well finally in the second half, you know, what's really funny is like Staley was supposed to be the analytics king last year. And he kicked two field goals from fourth and three, fourth and whatever, four, or fourth and goals, shorts, um, especially after that, that the doink off the helmet. Um, you know, he, he could have sealed the deal against the Jaguars and he settled for field goals. I think it all came down to that. There was a fourth and three. Peterson even declined a penalty, daring Staley to go for it on fourth and three. And he kicked a field goal and Dicker missed it. And I, you know, what, what I want to take away from this is not only is it a win for the Jags and, and Lawrence and, and my fight against Dan here on, on Lawrence, but it's also called a, a win for analytics and going forward and hashtag ne never kicking ever. So, um, and, and, and Andrew, for, for, we're never kicking. This this time, please don't go behind my back and contact the therapist beforehand. And <laughs> I, mean, I, I get it's just not cool. Stand back, you Dan. You got <laughs> Dan's, Dan's got enough therapy issues with the Vikings. Yeah, I get here right. yeah. <laughs> And then we had also the, the following game. You know, we we kind of you know underestimated uh, the how how Miami Buffalo. You know, it's a divisional matchup. Uh, all three games were tight this year. Buffalo survives again. Um, that game was was very very entertaining. Um, Stephon Diggs yeah. goes off in the first half, uh, and then the second half, uh, you know, Josh Allen was pretty loose with it, wasn't he? Yeah, very. Uh, that yeah. game was that game was absolutely crazy. Uh, I never saw a team make so many mistakes in a, in a short period of time to change a game all the way around. And it started with the. Uh, the review on the Knox touchdown, the second one that he should have had, I thought, and it would have been 21 nothing, and it looked like Buffalo was just going to boat race them out of the stadium. And uh, a yep. couple turnovers here and um, a bunch of mistakes. They a punt return. They gave up that long punt return. Punt return. It just, on and it just looked like a bad movie script. And, uh, you know, I laid the points in that game with Buffalo. And uh, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I thought it was one of the uh, better bets of the weekend. I thought Buffalo was going to win the game by 24-plus. And uh, Miami made a game of it. And, but, you know, luckily Buffalo survived, kept all the uh, Buffalo stacks uh, alive uh, for these fantasy contests. And uh, Buffalo moves on. Survive in advance, guys. That's all it is. And, and, the, and then we had, you know, what was very enjoyable. Um, you know, I live in Long Island. Chris Chris, a New York City guy. Chris, how 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 excited was the uh, the Greenwich Street Tavern for, uh, the, for this Giants game? I bet you had it packed. Theo, we were rocking, my man. We were we were slammed. Reservations were every table was taken inside and outside uh, in our huts uh, for that game uh, by Thursday. And uh, once again, uh, for this upcoming Saturday, the game is going to be even bigger now versus the Eagles, a giant eagle, because we're basically an eagle bar. You know, we get a whole big following of eagle fans. And now we got an Eagles Giants, uh, you know, combination. It's a dream for me personally uh, on a Saturday night. But uh, this is going to be a, a hell of a, a hell of a fun uh, night to watch the Eagles Giant playoff matchup. Yeah, the game was unbelievable. We saw really fantastic performances from Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, and also we saw Isaiah Hodgins have have a really good game. Uh, Dan, you were at the game. So Andrew got to enjoy a comeback win, and you got to enjoy a, a loss. Um, I know you had family members at the game too, so the Williamson household was a little bit uh, upset after that one, I bet. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a Vikings fan. I've been through this many, many, many times before. 
Um, you know, by the time I walk out of the stadium, I'm over it. It's it's done. It's just another, you know, the Vikings <laughs> spitting spitting the bit yet again. Um, Scorned fan. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, this as I said on Twitter uh, yesterday or a couple days ago, this is the reason why there are so many fantasy analysts who come from Minnesota because, you know, it, we know it's on us to provide our own championships. So the Vikings are not helping us out. The Twins are not helping us out. The Timberwolves are not helping us out. The Wild are not helping us out. It's on us. So we just was, do it. We we had all, when we had Austin Martin in the uh, Austin Martin shout out one of our our friends and also a very good high stakes player and a great dynasty player. But he's also a Minnesota fan like Dan and also from the state of Minnesota. Uh, I made the mistake. I believe this was after the Buffalo game where Minnesota beat Buffalo and, and everybody felt great. I said, you got to think maybe you can make the Super Bowl this year. And he goes, we're not making the Super Bowl. We're just, you know, <laughs> happen, right? Right. Playoffs. it's a certain self-deprecation. Uh, anybody who lives in New York, it's kind of like how Jets fans feel. Even they, they, you know, you kind of accept it a little bit. Um, but Shad that was good. And we saw Hawkinson was another low-hanging fruit, guys, where yeah. he lit up the Giants. Completely mm-hmm. lit up the Giants. Again. All over again. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that, that one was, um, you know, Justin Jefferson hurt a lot of people in playoff contests. He was very, very ordinary. Um, but Hawkinson, man, he looked incredible. Yeah. yeah super... Go ahead. I'm sorry, Dan. No, I, I was just going to say, if I'd been picking the Vikings to lose on that game, I, I would have gone with Hawkinson because um, I did have, you know, another playoff contest. Uh, you know, I, I went with the Vikings to win in some, and I went with the Vikings to lose in some. And where I went with the Vikings to lose – um, I went Hawkinson most of the time. Andrew, was, any thoughts on that Minnesota game? Yeah, I mean, I, I called you on, what, Saturday, Theo, an hour before the, the games kicked, and I, you know, I, I was still on the Vikings. I thought that, that we were actually, I think public in general, the, the sentiment was too many people on the Giants to win um, versus kind of what the what I would have said, like the probably the betting odds really show and you know obviously i was dead wrong on that and you know d- didn't have enough hawkinson but uh yeah no i you know i just I, dude having a completion for four, three yards on fourth and eight is just like a, dude absolutely de- devastating so my daughter she's nine years old trying to get into football and she's like was his cousin's a good quarterback i'm like well the problem is like yeah he's good but like he's not going to elevate your team and it was like right as like they were trying to do that drive. I was like, well, this is a good, this is a great, great example. Like, he he made a completion, but it was such the, the most worthless completion of all time. He, well, he is the anti far. That was a that was a really strange way to end the game. It was really oh, so was. anticlimactic. It was like everybody was waiting Isn't for a letdown, Chris. Right. Downfield, so, and it was like a little dump off. And it wasn't sorry, like Hopkinson was wide open. He was he was covered completely. It was like. You know, our defender like hugged Hawkinson, and it was like, "All right, it's over." You know, like, very. <laughs> Hawkinson here. was the least covered defender on there, but that said, I mean, you know, I don't know, but I've I've heard a rumor that it is possible for Justin Jefferson when he's completely covered to make catches on fourth downs. Yeah. If, if you guys yeah, heard you anything about this, yeah, have, have you read about this? Have you seen this? Yeah, I, I mean, heard a rumor. I, yeah. You know, it's it's. I, I've heard that it's possible. I don't know if Cousins knew that or not. But <laughs> well, when you're a superstar, you got to throw. When you have a superstar like a Justin Jefferson, and the game's on the line, you got to at least throw it up to him. I don't care if there's two guys on him. That's who you got to go down with at the end of the game. Yeah, anybody yeah. who's past the sticks. Yeah. Well, yeah. One one guy who you know is looking like a superstar again. Uh, is is Saquon Barkley, who didn't have the the incredible volume, but he was unbelievable. Six yards a carry, catches five balls, and 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 gets two touchdowns, uh, rushing touchdowns. Chris, how how confident are you in like Brian Dable, you know, moving forward for the Giants? I mean, it's unbelievable to have Dable in New York. Oh, he, he's done. He's he's turned the whole thing around, you know, he's made Daniel Jones a, a big time quarterback. That's probably going to get 40 million a year. You know, like Daniel Jones, we in New York over here, we wanted this guy out of town for four straight years. Now Dable comes to town and he turns the whole offense around best coaching hire of the season. Um, you know, and the future is so bright for this team, you know, on both sides of the ball, the defensive line is starting to come together um, and I know I've just hearing the last couple of days, it seems like a lot of people 
are, are backing the Giants to go into Philadelphia and giving them a real chance here. And I'm a diehard Giant fan, and I was with Dan and, and you guys. I thought Minnesota was going to get the win this past week. I didn't think this Giant team was good enough to win a playoff game, but uh, they showed me. I was you know pleasantly surprised. Well, it's very interesting, and then we'll touch on on the picking this this game, uh, the upcoming Philadelphia New York game after we get our picks in. But there, they this will be the third time they play in 34 days. It's insane. Yeah, crazy. So it, it'll be super interesting. But if I told you guys in the preseason the Giants would win a playoff game with Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, Richie James, Daniel Bellinger, and Lawrence Cager as crazy. their pass catchers, go with Saquon. I mean, he's waiting next year when he gets a couple of uh, scope position players. Yeah. Um, that offense could really take we, off. We lost Sterling Shepard this year and traded away Kadarius Tony. Uh, two top Wanda, guys. Yeah, and Wando Robinson, too. And Wanda. And Galladay and Galladay yeah, yeah. was a zero. And, and, was a zero. and the roster. And like, Galladay's a zero. On the locker yeah. room, probably. That's top four guys. It's really crazy. The, the Isaiah Hodgins story uh, here is really something special. He's really becoming a, a pretty good receiver. That's a guy they brought over from Buffalo. They knew him in yep. Buffalo. And, yeah, it's awesome. um, you know, it's great. But just real quick, Theo, because you touched on Barkley and I didn't say anything. Yeah, go, go this it. was this was exactly we're seeing now these last three weeks, four weeks, uh, a healthy Saquon Barkley. I still, you know, there was that stretch in the middle of the regular season, the regular uh, the fantasy regular season, for three, four weeks where Barkley was just tanking. Right. And everybody was jumping off the bandwagon. He was hurt. OK, you got to look at Barkley as who he was in, in, you know, September and October, not in November, because he got banged up. He got three or four different injuries to his shoulder, his knee, and he was just limping into games for about a month. Finally got healthy at the end of the season, and this is what you're seeing. He's an all-world running back, this guy. And I'm telling you, there's no way I'm not taking him again in the top four or five in fantasy drafts next year. I see, you know, people picking him at the end of the first round, you know, early projections, end of first round, early second round. No, I'm going right back to him early first round next year. I don't care. Yeah, I think you're right on that, Chris. And I think that the market will adjust because he looked so good in the playoffs. And we recency bias shouldn't play as big a, 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 a thing as it does in the ADPs. But seeing mm-hmm. a guy perform like this during the playoffs just kind of reminds you of what, what can happen. 25 years old, and he was healthy all year long. Averages like 18 points a game, and we all think the offense will get better. So yeah. I think the market will adjust. I think he'll be a, a, a top six pick all summer, um, and he'll be right up there with like Eckler and, and CMC. It'll be interesting, though. Right. Um, the next game was interesting. We had the Bengals and, and, the, and the Ravens, and it seemed like everything kind of went right for the Bengals to kind of survive this one. Um, anybody have any thoughts on this game? I mean, they were the better team. Uh, it's not a surprise that they won, um, you know. But their their offensive line is a real issue. Um, you know, Buffalo's Buffalo's got a, a, a solid defensive line. Dan, uh, we lose Dan, Dan, yeah, we lost Dan. But yeah, yeah, um, I was not impressed by the Bengals uh, at all in that game. I think they, you know, if, without that uh, the fumble at the goal line, you know. They, we could have been looking at uh, the Bengals one and done. Uh, they lose three-fifths of their offensive line going into this game, and there's a reason. When that line came out uh, late Sunday after everything went down and Buffalo I saw was a three-and-a-half-point favorite, I said, wow, I'm shocked. I, I thought it would be about two. I thought Buffalo, because of them struggling earlier in the day, I thought Buffalo would be about a two, two-and-a-half-point favorite. Not only has Buffalo gone from three-and-a-half, which I thought was a lot, they're up to five and a half now in yeah. Vegas, which shows just that, you know, Vegas, <laughs> Vegas doesn't get fooled that much. And I think Cincinnati's in a world of trouble. I think people also look at Buffalo, um, you know, they see them struggle in that game, but they needed so many different things. Like we talked about those turnovers, wacky plays, or else they would have beat Miami by 30 points in that game. Like they were in the first quarter there. So I expect Buffalo to get there, you know, that gets the, they get their stuff uh, in order this week and uh, dominate that Cincinnati offensive line and, and move on to the championship game. And I didn't look at the public consensus, but I'd almost, I would be shocked if, if Cincinnati wasn't a public dog. And a lot mm-hmm. of times public dogs just get smacked this time of year. Um, I think that's a great way of looking at the game. I mean, 
when the line came out as like four and you're like, oh, I like Cincinnati getting four and then it immediately pops. Yeah. You know, you're on the wrong side. So yes. uh, I think Buffalo is the play. And also, if you believe in conspiracy theories, Buffalo and Kansas City have been encouraged to sell playoff tickets for <laughs> this game in Atlanta. <laughs> and the Cincinnati is taking uh, some umbrage with it. Andrew, you got to be fired up as a Jacksonville Jaguars fan that they give you that disrespect. Uh, yeah, not very nice, but I, a uh, couple, couple things. <laughs> One, I don't think anybody plays defense like the Ravens do, uh, in the AFC remaining. So I just don't, I think the Ravens line up and smack you in the mouth. I think Buffalo kind of, you know, just play, play their man to man defense and, and see if they can, you know, beat you, you know, man to man and not just like bring it to you. So I, I'm interested to see if maybe that was like the, the worst or the storm that the Bengals had to weather. A um, couple things related to Buffalo Bills and Bengals play this past weekend. I had hotels in Cincinnati and Buffalo and flights booked to them both last weekend uh, for Sunday. But, uh, you know, with all my status, don't worry, I can cancel uh, risk, risk-free, no problem. So I did. I have something to do this. I have something to do this Saturday. Uh, I can't go to Kansas City. Otherwise, I absolutely would have. However, having said all of this, the public is all over Buffalo. However... It is, uh, I think it pays, uh, well, it's basically implied odds of about 7%, but a Jags Bengals money line parlay, uh, you know, bet, bet 100 to win $1,200 um, on, on that if you believe in the, uh, the dogs this yeah. weekend. I'll save my money on that one. Uh, agreed, <laughs> agreed. I'm not putting it down. Let me Buffalo tell you this. Money line with your Jags. Let me tell you this. Money line with Buffalo money line and get like six to one and actually cash that one. Maybe let me tell you this. We're betting. I know we're about to go into it. Number one seeds, eight and twenty-three against the spread when favored by ten or less points. If you're thinking about the Giants or the Jags this weekend, both under ten points. Number one seeds, eight and twenty-three against the spread. That that's a great poll, Andrew. That that's your. I think that's okay. the best gambling stat you've ever given on the Go District. Uh, I stole <laughs> it from Stucky from the Action Network earlier today. I just think it's the reason about the Jags. And then, guys, we we had the the. Oh, when, let's just quickly talk about Jamar Chase chalk. The Jamar Chase chalk looks very very right. He looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to rip this playoff playoffs up. Any thoughts on Jamar Chase, guys? Yeah, I mean he he does look like that, and uh, you know I think the fact that he had uh, you know like seven eight weeks whatever it was off in the middle of the season. Um, he's he's just playing at a different level than a lot of guys right now. Yeah, I think that was the right bangle to be on. Uh, you know, that was the majority of, you know, of who the people were going to pick for the Cincinnati representative. Burrow pretty much was the quarterback that busted uh, in, in week one fantasy-wise. He was 25% owned. So 25% of those owners right there can't, can't be happy with uh, back in Burrow and the Bengals, um, you know, when they put their lineup together. Yeah, and we weren't into it, but they, like Joe Mixon as a pivot looked terrible. Terrible. And, terrible. And yeah. Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon will be an interesting guy ADP wise next year because mm-hmm. he does not look right, in my opinion. I feel like you're not getting a whole lot of Joe Mixon games. I mean, there's been a few of them, but he could be a guy that, I mean, he's definitely just trying to project his ADP based on the offense. He's going to be in the second round, maybe end of the second, but he's not a very appealing pick there. Yeah, definitely. Oof. I, yeah, I, I think he falls out of the top twenty-four, Theo. I don't you know. Think he's I think third he's rounder? a. Yeah, I think his it's like a seeking missile. No, it it doesn't look good. He hasn't looked good in a while, and um, you know, going into this upcoming weekend, anybody I would advise using him for this second week. People think probably all right. You know, they're going to Buffalo. We do have to replace some of these running backs uh, this week in our rosters. Um, and, you know, with, with three-fifths of his offensive line out, I think he's in for another miserable day. Yeah. yeah. And, and Andrew, the T. Higgins pivot is, that a lot of people were on is not looking so hot either. I, well, I mean, there's, there's plenty of game left to be played for the Bengals. I'm just so surprised at the split between the Chase and the Higgins. I'm actually I, – I actually think that if – well, if the Bengals can make the Super Bowl, I think that you've got time to catch up. And given that there was such a yeah. such a disparity in their ownership, I'm surprised. I mean, 
they can't be, you know, T. Higgins owners care, uh, I guess ro- rosters can't be feeling so confident. But there's definitely time to make, make up. You, you feel better than owning um, Mixon at this point. Um, probably not Burrow. But, you know, there's still plenty of game to be played. You know, he could always have a couple of blow-up weeks and, you know, maybe Bengals bow out and still catch Chase, especially as a as a as a leverage play, right? Wasn't it like wasn't he like only ten percent owned in FFP? That's what I was just I was just going to ask you guys. What was Higgins' uh, percentage? That, that one I don't have written down. Uh, was it ten percent? Hang on. I'll, I'll I, I feel like I'm misquoting. Do you have it up, Dan? It, it was like what, there was a huge disparity between the two of them. Yeah, because I remember us talking about the two, you know, two of the bigger um, ones that people could have. Yeah. So Jamar Chase was. Okay. Almost 66%, and Higgins was Higgins was down there. Um, Higgins was 9.35%. Yeah. Wow. I'm, right. very, I'm very surprised at that disparity. Especially yeah, see, I, I, I'm in. Like it, after one week, it doesn't look good. Let's admit that. Yeah. You know, Hand yeah. up doesn't look good, but like they, they, they make it to the Super Bowl. Higgins has all the time in the world to catch up, and at that, that much leverage, I mean – you know, it's not likely, but also you're shooting for an unlikely outcome. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. it's a good way of looking at it. But Jamar Chase is, is yeah, he's great. I mean, he's unbelievable. And he's, I think he's the, like we talked about in the district, I think he's going to end up being this, the number two overall pick in redraft next year. I think it's, we're kind of headed in that direction. Um, a lot of time to talk about that this offseason. But, you know, now you've got the final game of the week was Monday Night Football, you know, a game where a lot of people were on Tampa and they got just brutalized by Dallas. Despite kicking woes from Brett Mayer, um, Dallas ends up winning 31-14, and it really wasn't that close. Uh, your thoughts on that game, Chris? Uh, I loved what I saw. I got all my money back that I lost on the Chargers on go. Saturday back on Dallas. Um, so that was a positive, at least. Yeah, I, I didn't understand what people were thinking going into that game, honestly, with Tampa Bay. I watched Tampa. I, I was betting on Tampa all of December thinking this team can't be this bad, and I was watching every Tampa Bay game saying to myself this team is terrible they're terrible and then what happened all of a sudden we get a small line in two and a half with dallas as the favorite now none of us want to go into that game betting against the legend of tom you know the legend that is tom brady as a home dog but listen he's he's he lost it you know and that team is not what it was a couple years ago And Dallas got viewed differently all of a sudden because of what they did in Washington in the final week, getting blown out. So everybody said, oh, that's it. Dallas is coming in and they're going to get, you know, wiped out of here. But they went into Washington with a vanilla game plan. They knew Philly wasn't going to lose at home and and play hard for the division. And once they got down 10 nothing in that game, they, they mailed it in. And that was it. They went in with a vanilla game plan. So I judged Dallas based on what I saw from them all year long, and um, I, I expected them to struggle, Tampa Bay to struggle um, versus that Dallas defense, and Parsons wreaked havoc all, all night long. Yeah, I was on Dallas as well, and I was actually surprised by how many people were on Tampa Bay. Um, I went on Friday night with Cody Carpentier um, for, for a player profiler show, and they, they had like a number of people saying who was going to win, and it was like five of seven people were on Tampa Bay. Yeah. So I think a lot of people were on Tampa, and I think that 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 kind of game just it was very anticlimactic to end the week that way. But one thing I thought was interesting, Dan, we're in a chat with with Mike Sanda, a friend of ours, plays NFFC, really good player and really sharp guy, and he was talking about uh, pivoting to tight ends. We talked about that with Chris a little bit, but Dalton Schultz was really good. His stat line ended up being um, he, what was it, seven catches for ninety five yards, but it was the two touchdowns as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, he was he was definitely the money play there, um, which is, you know, in the FFPC, I went that way a couple times um, in another playoff challenge. I'm in that's kind of, you know, just a privately run thing. I, I went with uh, Schultz. But yeah, I, I, we didn't do any Schultz here in the NFFC. And that was that was probably a mistake, though. We're, we did have Powered in uh, in this particular lineup. So, you know, now we now we've got Powered at 2x. So hopefully uh, that still pays off. Yeah, and I give you credit. Go ahead, Chris. No, no, I was just wanting to say real quick that isn't it ironic how all year long, again in fantasy, we struggled with the tight ends and how terrible the position was, and all of a sudden, these last couple weeks, at the end of the regular season, the fantasy you know 
championship weeks. Tight end stepped up and was scoring like crazy. Here we go. We go into the first wild card weekend. Gerald Everett kills it, puts up big numbers. Hawkinson puts up big numbers. Evan Ingram has another nice game. And meanwhile, the only one that really didn't show up was the one that was used the most uh, was George Kittle. Everybody felt so good about George Kittle, you know, against the Seahawks defense. He's the only one that underperformed big time. But tight ends killed it in week one. And I wonder if we see that going forward again this weekend and, and, and on and on. Yeah, it's just interesting, like in the NFFC, the the contrarian tight end lineup, um, you know, you end up saying, ah, you know, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to cram some of these wide receivers. But it was, like you said, you'd end up, you know, kind of liking some of these results. The C.D. Lamb teams are not dead because he found the end zone um, by by all means. Um, yeah. But it 18 was, fantasy points, is that, yeah. you know, okay. it was good. Yeah. But Schultz was just like, that was just right there, you know? Yeah. I, so give credit to Mr. Snowman in the chat. I think I yelled when we were trying to slam Schultz into the lineup for the FFPC one. I said, no two tight ends. I did say that. I think uh, Mr. Snowman was on Schultz. But the, the problem with Schultz is, and we were just talking about with Lamb, is like you you really wish that Dallas had lost in, yes. in, the, in the Schultz blow-up game. Like that that that's what you need to do is just like lock into Dallas at, at those points and move on with life. So it is yeah. great that he blew up, but kind of like the wrong – the wrong game script to uh, to really hold on to any advantage. So I'm I'm interested to see how that plays out um, as the uh, as a couple of these contests uh, progress. Yeah, on the flip side of that game, though, you know what? We went with Godwin. Most uh, most lineups went with Godwin, and that's exactly how um, you know that's exactly what you wanted. He was the highest scoring uh, buck, right? Um, yeah. Out of the main guys, you know, you had to pick between Fournette, Godwin, Evans. Godwin got his points, got eliminated, and and you move on. Yep. If we could have only pivoted from Godwin to DK Metcalf with that lineup, <laughs> with the same the mentality of the losing team wide receiver. But anyway, here we are. What do you guys want to do? The picking the winners this week, ATS, or do you guys want to do our lineup first? Let's let's pick our winners first because that okay, cool. kind of inform our lineup a little bit. So this one we don't really need to spend too much time. Why don't we just go around the horn here, starting with Chris. Kansas City right now is an eight-and-a-half-point favorite over Jacksonville. Which way do you see this game going, Chris? I think this is the one game out of the four that, you know, I, I think will, Kansas City will move on pretty easily in this game. They got the experience. They got the quarterback, home field. I don't think Jacksonville – sorry, Andrew. I don't think Jacksonville is ready to win another game here. I'd be totally shocked if Jacksonville went into Kansas City and pulled this upset off. Yeah, I actually think eight-and-a-half was, like – I would have made it a little higher. I would have made it yeah. like a nine and a half point line. So I, I'm on. I'm on Kansas City. I think Kansas City by 14. Um, mm-hmm. I just think they've got too much, and the emotional. It's t- it's tough for Jacksonville to go and to into Kansas City after winning that game on the comeback. I think it ends for the Jaguars this weekend. Sorry, Andrew. Dan, where are you at? Andrew, I think we're going to need a double session this week. Um, so <laughs> no, I help. hey, I'm taking notes. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, I know another plus three fifty bet on his phone hey, while we're talking. Don't make, don't make me say uh, M- MTP on the pod. I, I got, I got to keep this non X rated. You got to keep it like TVMA, like <laughs> at least you know. So, Andrew, yeah. which way are you on this Jacksonville? Yeah, I already, I already said it. I already said my Stucky stat: eight and twenty-three favorite number one seeds, less than ten points against the spread. Eight and twenty-three Jags plus nine. It's moved to by the way. Wait, is that against the spread, or you have the Jack? You have your Jags winning outright. I thought you said against the spread. Well, we're going yeah, into no. it. You like in the plus oh, okay. you here, Andrew? Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'll, I'll, also, f- fuck it. I'm not. I'm not even that big of a zealot. I just had to like lean that way for all the Jaguars hate. So not only am I going against the spread, I'm also going money line. Move on, next game. Well, you got wow. if, you're, if you're playing dogs, you got to sprinkle the money line, small bet on the money yeah. line. How, how, do you, how do you not sprinkle on the money line? You got to sprinkle it this time of year, guys. And then. Okay, so now we get to a really fun one. The Giants are getting seven and a half right now. I'm not sure if this line's going to move and maybe maybe hit seven by game time, but it's seven and a half at what I'm looking at right now. Uh, Chris, you, you, you got to do it for the hometown fans. Come on. At least take the Giants here, Chris. Come on. I learned a long time ago you don't bet with your heart. Um, and I, I just think this Philly team is destined uh, for the Super Bowl. I love what goes on both sides of the ball. And I think we see a healthy Jalen Hurts. They're getting Lane Johnson back also. I think Philly winds up covering this game, wins by 10. 
So I will take the Giants. I think that Philly ends up winning the game, but I think it's going to be by about three or four. And I think Dable covers the number. And I think the Giants go into the postseason with their their heads held high, hopeful for next season. And Philadelphia does advance, but does not cover. Dan, where are you at? Yeah, I'll I'll take the Giants as long as you're getting the you know the seven and a half on there. Uh, if it gets down six, seven, or even six and a half, uh, I might go the other way, but I'll take the hook. Andrew. This Stucky stat applies. Bet, betting the Giants to, to cover, Philadelphia to win, although the reason you sprinkle the money line is never bet a dog if you don't think they can actually uh, win outright. So mm-hmm. I, I, I do think the Giants can win outright. I don't think they will. Uh, but definitely Stucky stat says bet them. So I'm, bet, I'm betting the uh, uh, Jags and the Giants against the ones. It's a great, great rule, Andrew, throughout. Also with March Madness around the corner, guys, remember that. Sprinkle the oh, money line and don't bet on a dog unless you best. can win. Yes. Chris. Well, yes. Uh, Buffalo, you're you're on a, you're on Buffalo uh, minus the five and a half. Maybe talk about it yeah. a little more. Yeah, I think Buffalo uh, goes thirty plus here. I don't think Cincinnati uh, is going to keep up with them. I think Buffalo force a couple to- turnovers, uh, beating up that defensive line, uh, that offensive line of Cincinnati. And I think we've seen this, you know, Cincinnati struggle in September with offensive line issues. I think that's what. Uh, you know, that ugly, uh, you know, the, that head rears up again. Uh, and that's the Cincinnati team we see. Uh, I think Buffalo's defensive line dominates the game and Buffalo gets out of here with like a 34 to 17, 34, 20 type win. Yeah, you know, I, I initially I was on Cincinnati when the line came out, but I'm going to follow the line movement. I'm going to say Buffalo, you know, wins by, let's say, nine, uh, five. And I'll take the five and a half and I'm, I'm on the favorite. Dan, where are you at? Bengals, money line, they're winning. Wow. Plus 220 from the overhyped sleeper. Okay. There you go. I love it, Dan. Uh, Andrew, where you at? Uh, well, there's four There's four games. I'm not going four underdogs, but I am going three underdogs. I like uh, I like Bengals in this one, too. Um, I, like, I like that the line has moved away from them uh, a little bit. I'm all over the Bengals. Okay, that so seems to be know. the majority, right? And, and you know, you hear the last couple of days, everybody's on the Bengals. Nobody wants to, you know, take not uh, take those five and a half points they're getting right now with a guy like Joe Burrow. And I get it. I just think we see uh, a different Buffalo team come out this week. Yeah, yeah I mean, I I, I would say uh, agree, Chris. Theo, you said earlier it's a public dog, but like the the line is moving against them, and yet you know I, I've seen more and more like small bets on the Bengals. I think the big money is clearly coming in on uh, on Buffalo, which is why you see the line movement. What I would say, though, is if you can live bet, uh, maybe wait until Josh Allen scores the uh, touchdown on opening drive and see if you can get over a touchdown on the Bengals. The five and a half, I mean, you know, biggest to six may be great, um, but I, I would say see if you can get them alive over, um, over a touchdown, maybe over 10, depending. Burrow, Higgins, and Chase are going to have to completely go off and dominate this game for Cincinnati to, to get out of this uh, game alive. And, and the Dolphins had opinion. a little bit of luck, right? But Burrow's way better than uh, Skylar Thompson. But, dude, mm-hmm. Waddle and Tyreek dropped a million and a half balls, all numbers approximate. Now, they had a, a ton of other breaks go their way, no doubt. But, like, I'm kind of surprised at, like, how kind of – how Waddle and Hill did not step up. And mm-hmm. uh just takes, you know, Chase and Higgins doing so that uh, maybe makes a difference in this game. And I will say, you know, we have so many Buffalo Bills fans that are guests in the GOAT district. Um, You know, I'm wishing those guys good luck uh, this weekend. Uh, I know a lot of them are listening in. Um, The last game is is awesome. Uh, It's Dallas, San Francisco. Anybody who's an NFL fan can think back to multiple times where we've seen Dallas and San Francisco meet in the playoffs. You know, we saw them play last year. Um, You know, growing up, you think back to the, the Steve Young teams. Troy Aikman teams. I mean, it's just awesome when they meet. It's usually a very good game. Chris, which yeah, one San Francisco and, and Dallas really played any big games? I mean, I don't recall any <laughs> like it, you know, like any catches or anything. Well, uh, technically, I'm still too young to have seen any of those, Dan. But yeah, Andrew, yeah, Andrew, the, the catch Andrew. broke my heart when I was young. <laughs> I was I was rooting for Dallas. God, man. Yeah, games in the '90s, man. You, you lived for those games every year, just unbelievable. With Aikman, and that's yeah. what I grew up on. So those games were still fresh in my mind. I love when they replay those as the classics, you know, on NFL Network or wherever. Those, those teams were unbelievable, and those games all. It all they, every time they yeah. played, it was it was like a, it was you know, pre it was the Super Bowl. Topic. Yeah, it was like you know, and we're talking about like pre pre internet, 
pre all everything. Yeah. It was like all eyes on this game, and and it was all anybody talked about. Um, it was it was just awesome. Will we get another. Just one? remember, wait, Theo. Just remember, back then, okay, you would get a Dallas San Francisco or Dallas Green Bay or the Green Bay San Fran with Favre and everybody in the NFC Championship game, and that was the Super Bowl because the following week in the Super Bowl, there was that time frame the NFC would just dominate the AFC. You know, I remember the Niners going in versus uh, the Chargers. They were oh 20, God, that game was a 20 something oh, yeah. point favorite. You know, the Niners players tell stories still to this day. We celebrated all week long after we beat Dallas because we knew that we just won the Super Bowl. It's no, crazy it how awesome. times have changed. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, yeah. how do you see this game going, Chris? It's uh, San Francisco minus four right now with Brock Purdy. Uh, the next morning after uh, last weekend, I money line Dallas plus 170. Uh, I jumped on that, and uh, I, this is my upset call here. I'm going right back to Dallas again. I know most people are saying the extra two days of rest for San Francisco is going to be major, uh, a major factor, and that is what I, one thing I am worried about in this game. But I think Dallas rides the momentum here. And, uh, you know, you saw Geno Smith throw all over that Niners secondary. I still – I'm still going to say that this San Francisco defense is a little overrated. I think people are hyping the defense up way too much. Geno and that Seattle offense exposed them a little bit. I think Dak stays hot, and uh, Dallas gets out of here with a 27-24 win and, and moves on. So that's my upset call for the weekend. No, I love that. Um, I am going to go the other way, though. I'm going to go San Francisco. I think it's going to be right around the number. Uh, but I will say San Francisco 28-23 by five. Okay. Dan? Um, San Francisco, but I have no confidence picking against the line on that one. I just, you know, if I was betting that game, I'd just bet money line on San Francisco and take the small win. Andrew? Oh. Looking at Action Network now. Big money bets say Dallas. Sharp action says Dallas. Projections say Dallas. Top experts say Dallas. And because I'm a moron, I'm going San Francisco. <laughs> Listen, guys, I mean, I just think this Brock Purdy story is great and everything. But you know what? I'm waiting for it to fall off the cliff. You know, what is this, his sixth game? He looks great, but you know what? Micah Parsons in this defense is coming to town. I think they're going to cause some trouble for him Sunday, and that's going to be the story at the end of the day is, um, you know, they, they finally let him look human. Dallas top five in interceptions and top five in sacks this year. So, you know, if any defense can, can really turn you over, it is, is that Cowboys defense. But, guys, we, we're, we're 42 minutes in. This is, you know, this, must be, this is a really fun so far. <laughs> I, you know, this is what we do in the Goat District. We always we go over, right? We, yes. tell, we tell John Lobb, you know, hey, come on for an hour. And he's here for like an hour and 45 minutes last night. We tell Chris, hey, you know, Chris, maybe like 30 minutes of your time. You know, and here we are at 45. So we're, we're back, guys. But this is the important time. Now it's time to make some money. So Dan has our NFFC uh, lineup in right now. Uh, right now we have quarterbacks. Uh, we went with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, is this the, this one ours, Dan? No, okay. we didn't go Mahomes. No, I'm trying to see our lineup. Yeah, yeah this one. Oh, yeah, this, this, on the left hand side. That's I got. Sorry, I got too. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we didn't fucking go Mahomes. So, <laughs> no. Josh Allen uh, is set. So we have we have two X Josh Allen, and then we have Dan, Danny Dimes. We had talked about pivoting over to Jalen Hurts this week. Um, is that still something we want to do or do we want to ride it and just bank the, the two X Danny Dimes? Yeah. So here, here's the question in my mind. We've, we're sitting in like 900th place or something like that. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, which is not terrible in this kind of contest because, you know, a, it's about your two X, three X, four X guys are yeah. going to matter a lot more than where you're sitting in after the first week. And also, you know, like if we had 12 more points, we'd be in like 400th place instead of 900th place. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it's 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 not that far uh, to get up into the top, you know, fifty or whatever. But hundred percent, yeah, yeah. But That's the question true. is, yeah, do we want to be contrarian? Because obviously, going Giants here and sticking with Daniel Jones would be contrarian. Or do we want to do what we were planning to do and drop Jones and put in Hurts? Well, Chris, I, I do. Th- yeah. I look at Chris. Chris, you're very bullish on. The Cowboys. Do you see the Cowboys making the Super Bowl if they beat San Francisco, or do you see them going down in Philly? Because Dak Prescott 
is going to be a, a pivot we could look at as well. Right. Yeah, he is. Um, and, and what everything Dan just said is true. You know, let's forget about the fact we're in 900 and something place. That means nothing. After this upcoming week is when you could really see the multipliers kick in. You could shoot completely up the board, down the board. So uh, if you remember last week when we played this out, we went this way um, because we were hoping to the Giants would lose. We said that this lineup is going to be based around the Vikings getting the win and then replacing Danny Dimes and taking Danny Dimes points. Well, for this particular lineup, it's going to be a little difficult once we start putting things together because, you know, it, it blew up in our face a little bit. Um, I think we, we have to stick with to QB too, guys. We could come back to QB if you want. Yeah, I, we could, but I'll say what Dan just said. I think that, um, you know, I think we have to ride this out a little bit. You know, there's no, there's nothing saying that Danny Dimes can't drop another 30 points in a win or a loss. And if the Giants go on a little magical run here, a little, you know, I don't think it's so absurd after seeing what we saw last week. Danny Dimes goes into Philly, beats them, and we're in the NFC Championship game. We would kick ourselves if we took a Danny Dimes X2, X3 out. So I'm still completely against that um, strategy in this contest, taking out your X2 and starting over again, re regardless of your uh, thought process. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I think that Chris kind of I, – I agree with you on that. I think leaving Danny Dimes in is probably the correct move. Take the 2X – uh, give us mm -hmm. a chance to, to cover up some ground. Andrew, what are your thoughts? Keep him in. Got to roll the dice. I, I like it. I, if, you, if you can get him to 3x, you know, because I, I don't think that people are, if you didn't already have, so <clears throat> you already have Danny Dimes in, I can't imagine people are putting Danny Dimes in now. Yeah. So if you have him in, I think a right. lot of people are moving away from him. So if, if he sneaks through, I think that we're going to be one of very few teams to have a Danny Dimes 3X, and I think that that risk is valuable here. And one last thing with that, guys, is, you know, there's nothing to say, like, even we all think the Eagles are going to beat the Giants, and so I'm sure in an ideal world we want a Jalen Hurts as our X2 with a wide receiver and then take another receiver maybe next week as like an Eagle stack, I'm saying. But there's nothing in this contest that say we have a Devonta Smith here as an X2 going into this week. Now, if we play this out where A.J. Brown takes up, or Dallas Goddard, just say, takes up another one of our wide receiver slash tight end spots this week, okay, and we build it out where we lose a Danny Dimes to the Eagles this week and we go with a Hurts come next week and just build the, the lineup backwards, meaning – Devonta Smith, X3, A.J. Brown or Goddard, X2, Hurts, X1, and then Hurts struggles in that game and only gives 18 fantasy points, okay? and But meanwhile, Smith and Brown or whoever we use has the 20 or 25-point games together. We we flip the script on everybody in the field pretty much. Yeah. No, I love it. It keeps us contrarian. And also, we, we have – like, I have faith that, that Danny Dimes is going to put up a, a decent number – he had 78 rushing yards last week, and, and he's playing fantastic. So, mm -hmm. And it's also a defense he's seen now three times, uh, although they sat guys last week. You know, you guys know what I mean. So yeah. let's, yeah. We're, we're locked in with that. You have Christian McCaffrey. We, we correctly have Christian McCaffrey with a 2X. We're fine with that. Moving on, Austin Eckler we got a nice performance from, um, but now we need to add a running back. Yeah. What jumps out to you uh, guys in terms of who we should add to replace Eckler? Anybody want to take that one? Or I, mean, I mean, I'll say, I'll say Saquon makes yes. sense because we're already diving into the Giants. It makes us uh, like I don't think it's 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 a double edged sword here because they're in order to win, in order to compete, we need a big they need a big game from Saquon, so we know he's going to get the rock. We don't want to lose out on those points, right. and also we're already deeply invested. If we could get a maybe a maybe Daniel Jones finds him on a receiving touchdown. Um, you know, and, and we have we can double it up. I like. I think you just take the low hanging fruit and you take Saquon Barkley. Uh, that would be my lead. I'll go ahead, Andrew. Sorry. Well, it's 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 much harder to come up with ideas than than to sh than to shoot them down. I, I guess my my point would be we're already contrarian with Daniel Jones. Mm -hmm. If the Giants do lose, then we've got two swaps to make from a for, away from Giants. Yeah. Does it make sense to just stick with the Daniel Jones if 
if they win and deal with like a AJ Brown, Devonta. Like I don't, I'd almost rather like, and I know we're talking running back spots. I'd almost rather sneak AJ Brown in wide receiver and have like a a Philly backdoor as opposed to having to deal with two giant swaps. It's kind of where my lean is. So a hundred percent what Andrew's saying, and that's the way I thought this out myself was. And it goes back to, uh, do we all think that, are we playing this as a, a magical Giants run? And if we think that, and we're calling for the upset, and we're going to ride this out, then we do need to play Barkley right away. But if we're playing this as, all right, let's take Danny Dimes' points yet again and start building this Eagles stack, then what I would do is skip Barkley altogether and go with, we need to get a second Chief in this week. McKinnon. And that would be that would be a McKinnon spot right there. That's the only two. So for me... If we're going to fade the Giants, take Jones's points, it's uh, it's McKinnon. If we're going to ride the Giants upset wave and make this a, a contrarian Giants run to the Super Bowl, then we got to go Barkley. Right. And if we do that, then we could throw in like Juju or something like that at wide receiver. Mm, we're not going to be able to do that. And I'll tell you why when we get there, Dan. All right. All right. But we got <laughs> cliffhanger. Hey, Dan, Woo! that's a cliffhanger, buddy. You're uh, looking farther ahead than me, so some, yeah, yeah. That's some showbiz shit right but, there. But that, but basically, what that says then is that we're we're if we if we go with the Giants, then we're also kind of taking ourselves out of the Chiefs, right? By what you just said, because we wouldn't have a second Chief in there. Uh, yeah, I mean we. Yes, we got two, we got yes. two wide receiver spots now. Well, yeah, yeah, we have two wide receiver they're, spots. They're they're going to be completely eaten up though once we get there. All right. Well, maybe we should go to wide receiver first. Yeah, let's then. go to yeah, wide, receiver. wide receiver. All right. I'd like to yeah. know where we're going here. Yeah. So, well, go ahead, Theo. I'm well, sorry. I'll say I'll say that wide receiver wise, we we had talked about this last week about about you know adding AJ Brown uh, potentially in the third week. In this scenario, I think we just go with him now. Um, is that where you would be going here, Chris? Yes, that's uh, I would be getting in AJ Brown, or if we wanted to try and play this a little contrarian, and look at a team like Dallas last week, what Dalton Schultz did over CD Lamb, we could play it with a Dallas Goddard to have, uh, you know, if we didn't want to go AJ Brown. But I would start building the Eagle stack um, together, Devonta Smith with AJ, or Devonta Smith with Dallas Goddard for one spot, one of those spots. I would say I, I would say AJ Brown. For me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think we take the low-hanging fruit and we double up on the Eagles uh, wide receivers. We hope for a perfect storm where it's a shootout and you have Danny Dimes and then you have the the two Eagles wide receivers going after it. So I, I think it's a fine strategy. And then if right. guys, we're in the minority already here because we yeah. have Danny Dimes at five percent ownership. So yeah. only five percent or less are going to start having these combinations that we have. So I agree with you guys with AJ Brown. We need to talk a little that. bit. That's, I, I, this, it's, yeah. it's the move. I think more people are going to do what we didn't. I think they're going to pivot away from Danny Dimes. All right. So mm -hmm. it, and since we have Josh Allen, we're probably gotta go, dig. Yeah. Gotta, gotta go, dig. Gotta go, dig. We're that was the automatic. That's the automatic because of this was a, a Josh Allen to the Super Bowl build from the start, and Diggs was the automatic, you know, fill in for Justin Jefferson. Right. What I what I what concerns me about the lineup as we have it is mm -hmm. that we right now we have one Dallas player, one San Francisco player. Right. We're talking about putting a Chiefs player in, so we're we're gonna be. Well, hear me out, Dan, with this. I'm sorry. With yep. with that, this lineup is based on the Bills going to the Super Bowl. So right. as much as we want to say, oh, we got to get a Chief in, we got to get a Chief in, well, we only see the Chiefs playing, you know, one more game after this weekend. So right. um, I, I, for this particular I build, I'm not looking to stack Chiefs in those – money spots of, of um you know in, in the lineups there i want to get my points this week one more game next week and, and i don't care that we you know we don't have pat mahomes we're not going to win if the chiefs go to the super bowl anyway yeah right. we're drawing dead if, if the bills lose this week which is right. fine this is a bill bills lineup and i think yeah. that that's we're just diving into it can um, i can i give you something gross but the city of jacksonville compels me to do this like i'm legit going to get like a, a notice in the mail if i don't ask do, <laughs> do, it. do on the on the chiefs fade angle is there an argument to be made to put an ETN in the running back spot? Like, do you almost play it as if they're going to have zero more games, or did I take it a step 
way too far here uh, in terms of in terms of the contrarian nature of the lineup. It just creates more spots to replace next week. Would be the my argument against that, but it's it is contrarian. That's yep. my that's my play on why we would use McKinnon is because I think we all expect the Chiefs. Sorry, Andrew, again. Nope, but, nope. That's yeah, why I, I had to I had to say it. I said I had to say it out loud, Chris. He's, he's been the hot they, running back for the last month here, a month and a half for the Chiefs. Goes into this game, then you get him if he's in a matchup with Buffalo in a nice high scoring game. You could see him catching five, six, seven balls out of the backfield at an X two. And I just think McKinnon uh, makes a lot of sense. Or if we wanted to go really contrarian, Pacheco. So I'd, I'd rather not do Pacheco. Um, I don't. I just don't. I, I don't think it's going to be that sort of a game plan with Kansas City where they're going to be able to just just hammer hammer Jacksonville in the submission in the second half. I think that McKinnon will get his. So if we do go Kansas City running back, I think we go with McKinnon. Dan, yeah. your thoughts on that? Well. You know, you don't have to twist my arm. I know, McKinnon. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think Andy Reid trusts him a lot, and I think the fact that Nicole Hardman is out is just plays further into McKinnon's hand. You know, because it's basically McKinnon or Tony um, for that. You know, that role of kind of being that all-purpose back. You know, kind of a you know almost a you know web back or whatever. Um, you know, McKinnon's going to get a lot of work in the passing game. He'll get a few carries uh, that wake him around the goal line. So, yeah. So let's. I'm. I'm good locking him in. I think that we should just do it and go McKinnon. All right. So we have McKinnon locked in. All right. So. You know, and, and again, the the one thing that that sort of bugs me about this lineup is that we're we're definitely counting on. You know, and this is probably what we should do. We're we're counting on the Eagles to win the next two games, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with the Bills, because, a Bills Eagles lineup. Yeah, right. So we, we we just have to stick. We have we have to stick firm with that. And if if we do that, then it makes sense that we don't have the second Dallas or San Francisco player, other than we do have a defense available to us. So that's it. The, the defense one is is interesting because we can cram in. Basically, we could go Dallas here as our defense um, and have a double Dallas look here based on, you know, Chris, Chris, you know, kind of sold me here on, on Purdy potentially being being turned over. Um, that would probably be my my lean defensively to go with with them. Or we could just go with the low hanging fruit of San Francisco. Dallas would definitely be a more contrarian defensive play, I would imagine, Dan, or, or am I misreading that? Yeah, I think probably a little bit more contrarian. I mean, I, I, I think this one might be split a little, little bit more evenly just because, mm -hmm. you know, Dak is, doesn't always play well on the road. He did this past week. But, you know, the the Niners have a big defense. Everybody's all about, you know, yeah, Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy, and people are going to want to just ride San Francisco all the way to the, you know, to the Super Bowl. Uh, so I, I think the Niners' defense might get – a decent amount of play, though. When you think about it, though, because if everybody's on the Niners, the defense is not what they're going to put in this week, right? That's so. So maybe more yeah. people would be on Dallas. Yeah, what do you guys me, think? For for me, I, I'm I'm just you know talking about what I've done with my other lineups. I wound up getting Dallas in as my defense here, just playing contrarian a little bit because of my upset pick the way I feel that this game's going to go with Dallas winning and I, I won't have Kittle in Debo uh Ayuk it's kind of a fate of those guys which you're going to see a lot more ownership now this week of Debo Kittle I'm hoping to wipe out the, that competition uh you know that all those players in the field using that with Dallas hopefully upsetting them and having a Dallas defense be the reason why well we went contrarian with McKinnon um, mm -hmm. Which I think will be will be a, a nice contrarian play for us. We are contrarian with Daniel Jones. <sighs> this is just deal. This is just strictly when it comes down to this defense call here. It's about who you guys have moving yep. on in this game. You want that second player. If you think Sam Fran's going to win this game, then you use Sam Fran's defense. If not, you use Dallas's defense. If you're going for the upset call, and then you start going that way. But I don't have either one of these two teams beating Philly, and we don't also in this roster. That's why we're trying to, you know, we don't have a C.D. Lamb in as a second 
uh, wide receiver for Dallas or a Debo or a Kittle because we're fading these particular teams in this type of build. Well, we, the three of us were on San Francisco when we picked against the spread. Mm -hmm. So we should probably just dive into it um, with the potential of getting two games from them. Dan, what, is, what, are, what are you thinking after hearing everybody else talk? Yeah, I, I, I think we want to try to get ourselves up to a 2x game next week if we can. Um, and San Francisco, yeah, you know, as, as we picked it, San Francisco is definitely the choice. I understand what Chris is saying, though, that, that Dallas is a little bit more of a contrarian play. Because if Dallas does win it, there's going to be a lot fewer people with, with, um, with the Dallas defense out there. So, so I don't I don't know. I mean, I'm fine with San Francisco. I'm fine with Dallas. Either way, I think, I think, I, I think this game is going to be, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be close enough. I think the the odds are good enough that either team could win. So why don't we just break it and let our, our guests pick pick the defense here? Um, you know, Chris, you, you can you can you can be the. the uh, we'll put it on you for this one. Uh, I, guys, I feel bad. All three of you guys want San Francisco. I don't want to. Let's go with San Francisco. Let's okay. you know. So let's lock it in. We'll go yeah, San Francisco as our D. And Chris, that leaves us with the possibility of still swapping out the Jaguars kicker for Brett Maher if we really wanted to. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny you say that. Love that. You know what? That was an actually under-the-radar good call by Dan last week because we had Tucker locked in that spot. And switching to Jacksonville here – we're going to need this. You know, your, your Jaguars are going to have to put some points up on the board, yeah. not touchdown-wise. We need to settle for some field goals here. This no. is a sneaky little play here. God damn it, Chris. It's, we don't fucking a... kick field goals in Jacksonville. Listen. I we don't you. do it. We'll, You're we'll right. Take it, you know, a 21-9 21, halftime. No. We're counting our money. No. no. How the I hell – how the hell did your quarterback throw four first half interceptions and I didn't win my Chargers bet? Twenty-seven. <laughs> don't kick field goals. How the hell does that happen? Don't kick field goals. And how do you lose the game? How do you lose a playoff game where you had a Andrew? You're you're looking at this all wrong. What's going to happen is Trevor Lawrence is going to be so good. They're going to go up on Kansas City by twenty-one nothing, and then they're just going to start kicking field goals. <laughs> I accept. That's fine. Okay. No. 35 nothing. we can start kicking field goals. Okay. Well, did, yeah. Didn't the, Tex no, didn't the Chiefs come back against the Texans like four or five years ago? Yeah. Like down yeah. 28 nothing or something absurd, too. 24 yeah. nothing. I remember that nothing. game. Because yeah. Bill O'Brien yeah. was kicking field goals like a lunatic. Don't kick field goals in the playoffs against the Chiefs. O'Brien went for it on like fourth down, tried like a fake punt, and it got stopped. Yeah. Yeah. We I mean, don't. Stupid. In the playoffs, you don't kick field goals against the Chiefs. Number one rule of life. Well, hopefully this okay. week they kick these two or three. Yeah, we, right. we got we got a we got a two x kicker here, guys. I think we, we yeah. let it ride on on. on no, on. no, no. I was it was I just wanted to sneak in a Brett Maher joke. No worries. So end. to go through our lineup, we have Josh Allen two x, Danny Dimes two x. Uh, we're loving our QBs. Christian McCaffrey two x, Jerick McKinnon one x, Tony Pollard two x, AJ Brown one x, Jamar Chase two uh, x, which is awesome. Travis Kelsey two x. Stephon Diggs, 1X, Devonta Smith, 2X, the Jacksonville Jaguars team kicker, and the San Francisco 49ers team defense. So yeah. we need a big week, yeah. fellas. I think we'll get it. It's good. Yeah, I like the way this uh, lineup sets up. It's definitely different than uh, my other ones, guys. And uh, what we need, once again, just uh, you know, when we're sitting here next week, we need the Eagles to put up some good points. A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith to have big games. And Danny Dimes to have, uh, you know, playing catch up and give a, a really great point total at X2. And then we could come back next week and insert Jalen Hurts into the Danny Dimes spot with an Eagles win. Well, this was awesome. This was awesome tonight, guys. Uh, we went over an hour with you, Chris. It's, it's always a blast when you're in the district. Let everybody know where they can find you. Got nowadays, uh, just on Twitter. But, uh, you know, come next season uh, at The Athletic, I'm over uh, there. Doing all my fantasy work, and um, you know, on Twitter, Chris Vicaro, GST. Awesome, awesome. And uh, Andrew, where can everybody find you? Dude, who knows? A.M. Schellenberg on Twitter, but who knows what I've got going on or where I am in the country? So, Bukinta. <laughs> for, for, for now in Jacksonville, and I won't be in Kansas City this weekend. I committed myself to some kind of fundraising dinner before I realized that the Jaguars were going to be in the playoffs. So, 
I got that Saturday night. If the game was on Sunday, I would have been there, but I'm looking forward to being in either Buffalo or Cincinnati next week. No doubt about it. There you go. Nice. Dan, Dan, we'll be back. We Everybody, uh, please check out. Uh, Dan and I uh, sat down with John Lobb last night. Whether you play Redraft or whether you play Dynasty, it'll give you a great introduction to this 2023 incoming class. Uh, John was fantastic. It was a really, really fun show. Make sure you listen to this one. Again, thank you to Chris. Uh, next week, we'll be back in the district. Matt Hicks will be in the district. We have Jax Falcone, uh, Scott from uh, the Undroppables. Undro- uh, we have a few more shows on the way. Um, stick with us all off season. We're bringing the fire, everyone. Have a great night.